0: This episode of Zero Brightness is brought to you by you. You can head to patreon.com slash zero brightness to sign up to support the show directly and get bonus content multiple times per week. Thank you to everyone who supports the show and I look forward to meeting more of you soon. Welcome back to Bloodborne Talk. It's part two of my coverage of the game Bloodborne. Just dropping in this intro to let you know a little bit more about my guest this week, a very special guest, and it's of course, my friend and artistic collaborator, Michelle Brost. Michelle spent the last few years working on a film called Animal, which is currently premiering at festivals including Glass Animation Fest and Minneapolis St. Paul International Film Fest. It'll also be online for wider consumption sometime later this year. Michelle has done tons of other projects, though, and you can follow her work and see what else she's up to by following her on Instagram. Her account is at Michelle C. Brost, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes. You can also find a link off of there to the Animal Instagram account where you can get updates on the film. I really hope you guys check out her work and check out that film when you can. It's kind of a self-plug, too, because I did the music for it. I'll also definitely be posting more links to the other stuff we've done together in our Discord and on other social media channels. So yeah, I just hope you check out the stuff. It's all super, super cool. This episode was super fun to do. It's one of those rare in-person Zero Brightness episodes. We were actually in the same room, just chatting. And uh, yeah, I think it turned out great. So anyway, yeah, I will shut up and just let the episode play. Here we go. Um. Okay. So, Bloodborne. Yes. Okay. So, actually, relevant. Two relevant points here. This idea was, or this episode was your idea. It's true. Yeah.
1: Because you hated on Bloodborne, right? Did I, did I hate on Bloodborne? I don't know. I feel like you hated on the Souls. I don't know. One of the earlier episodes. Uh
0: huh. Right. Yeah. Oh no. Like I. Did I you said- not
1: talk shit about Bloodborne? Am I making that up?
0: I don't think I I talked about Bloodborne, but I've talked about Dark Souls so much. And just all negative, all shitting on it, basically. Yeah. For hours and hours. Yeah. Yeah. So then one day you were just like, hey, you know what? You should do a Bloodborne (laughs) episode. (laughs) Um, And I kind of thought that was cool because I was like, yeah, I should challenge myself to actually play this game. And even if I hate it, like we can make an episode about it and it'll be good. Um, But I I don't hate it. I actually love it.
1: That's good. That yeah. makes me really happy. Actually, I remember why I suggested the episode, because it's like my favorite game. Really? Ever.
0: <laughs> you'd, you'd go that far to say it's your favorite game ever.
1: I would say that, yeah. Wow. Um, Yeah, lots of reasons. Lots of things to go into. Yeah. On a personal note, but...
0: No, that's sick. I'm like so bad at committing to shit like that. Yeah. Like... Even like with bands or something, like I'll have to listen to something for like ten years constantly. And they'll be like, Yeah, I think they're like maybe my favorite band. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well yeah, I don't know. I think Bloodborne was like the first game I got for the PS4. Okay. Someone just gave it to me with the PS4 I bought from them. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea what I was in for. They were just like, This is the hardest game ever. And I was like, challenge accepted, and started playing by myself. <laughs> Didn't have a PlayStation Network account, so like, <laughs> I did the whole thing by myself, which I think I told you before. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's just a combination of being obsessive. I'm an animator, so obsession, and just uh, pretty much that's it, and being stubborn. So every time mm-hmm. I died, I was like, well, now I know what not to do. Yeah. And I would just keep grinding through that. So basically, the reason why you said you didn't like Souls games because of the grind, that mm-hmm. is why I liked Bloodborne a lot. Interesting. Yeah.
0: One thing I was curious to ask you about is, like, do you feel that like the art you make or your like temperament as an artist contributes to you liking this game?
1: 100%, I would say, yeah.
0: Yeah, because can you describe, just for the listener who may not know, like, what animating is like?
1: Well, I do 2D animation, so it's... Someone described it to me once as drawing the same thing over and over, which is not entirely true, but you are drawing a lot. Like, Mm -hmm. in one second of animation, that's 24 frames, so at least 12 drawings. Yeah. And if you think about... The average animation how long it is like I just made a 10-minute film and I don't even want to do the math because it will probably make me have a heart attack <laughs> but it like <laughs> took me five years to make it right uh, outside of other projects but yeah it takes forever so I think it's that like it also can be kind of meditative like once you get into it you're just like into it and it is definitely for I think a certain type of person personality and I'm definitely like an introvert (laughs) and like spending time alone Mm -hmm. have no problem with solitude and like being in my head and like thinking about stuff so Bloodborne (laughs) I don't know how that ties into it but like
0: well it's a very solitary game
1: yeah I think it was like the themes it's very like also You've mentioned this before, I think, but it throws you into the game with like no explanation. You're just like in it. You like wake mm-hmm. up. How much like spoilers in this? No, Can we talk?
0: Okay. This game has been out for a hundred years. Never <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm literally the last person on earth to play it. So.
1: Oh, well,
0: well then. Everyone else has played it. The weird Trump people next door have played <laughs> it. The old lady downstairs. She's played it. Damn. It's just me. So I can't it's, I'm, I can't talk to anyone about it but you because if I say oh I just played Bloodborne they're like now <laughs> now you fuck now
1: that's kind of how I felt suggesting the episode though because <laughs> I was like it's been out for so long but like
0: see that's why I can talk to you about because you're the, you were right before me you're the second <laughs> yeah. to last yeah yeah for sure
1: yeah I'm yeah that guy but <laughs> yeah it just like throws you into the game you wake up in a library on mm-hmm. a gurney and there's like a werewolf (laughs) killing somebody and then it kills you because inevitably you can't beat it you don't have any weapons yeah so like yeah just throwing you into the game with no explanation I love stuff like that artistically yes like Mm kind of cliche but going back to my influences David Lynch Mm -hmm. was a big one because of everything's open to interpretation really it's not like a strict narrative and i love stuff like that i don't like feeling like i'm being fed something like spoon fed and everything explained mm-hmm. to a t i like stuff that's like i guess open to interpretation and like an individual's curiosity yeah Does that makes sense i don't know no that
0: totally makes sense and i think that like I like a lot of that same stuff. And I feel like we have a lot of similarities there, but it's kind of like I talked about in the that essay I did on Bloodborne where it's like it's always such a fine balance. And just like in the gameplay where I feel like it's really hard to balance the difficulty. I think with that kind of story, it's really hard to balance like being engaging and mysterious with just like wasting someone's time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so like I guess, like, that's something that I'm always really hyper aware of. And even, like, Lynch is a great example because, like, I'm... I don't know. I don't know how to describe my relationship with Lynch. Like, I'm kind of, like, a super fan, but I'm also, like, super critical. (laughs) So, like, there's stuff of his that I'm, like, yeah, I like that movie, but fuck that movie. You know what (laughs) I mean? Like, and so I think... Wait, which movie? uh, Well, that's definitely how I feel about Inland Empire.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Where it's, like great movie never gonna watch it again ever in my life
1: yeah i have a few movies like that
0: yeah but not even for the usual like emotional reasons like i'll never watch like killing of a sacred deer again yeah because i don't want to like claw my own eyeballs out (laughs) but like great movie right yeah (laughs) inland empire it's just like i've already seen it more than once which i think i should be like punished for that like i think i should at least get like a citation or a ticket or something but like, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, it's just like, I don't know if there's some kind of really like worthwhile thing like within that movie, you know? And so it's, I don't mm-hmm. know. So I kind of, I feel like that's such a fine balance. And with Bloodborne, I actually got sucked in in a way that I didn't when I played Dark Souls, because it's just like a really cool world. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's something we were talking about right before we started recording, where it's like, For you, it's a lot about aesthetics, and I like Mm -hmm. totally agree. Yeah. That it's like having that fascinating world and cool aesthetic is like really, really important in terms of like pulling someone into the game. Yes. Yeah. And I feel also that like the storytelling is a lot better in Bloodborne than in like any of the other games in the series that I've played. Because like I feel like Dark Souls is... Dark Souls is like Inland Empire. Where it's like there is a connective thread, but it's so deeply buried that it's you can argue that it's like not even there, you know? Yeah. And then with Bloodborne, it's like weird and mysterious, but everything feels like connected and everything kind of makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I think uh I'm just going back to like <laughs> there's a werewolf and then there's like i don't know jack the ripper style vibe dudes walking around with um, like pitchforks and stuff yeah at the beginning and then there's like aliens at one point which you have not met yet right
0: no i've seen aliens
1: you saw that one
0: uh i did but the... you didn't
1: do this did you do the celestial being yeah fight oh well crap
0: and i got the, sorry i got listener. the antenna emote
1: <laughs> well crap <laughs> i mean shit sorry <laughs> um never mind so you found the aliens what'd you think
0: that was cool (laughs) (laughs) i mean i i honestly i thought the one alien was kind of cooler than all the aliens because like the first time you see a alien you're just like (laughs) what (laughs) yes because you're in the woods too you're in this like rootsy woodsy area um i keep thinking it's called the lost woods but i don't think it is (laughs) right because that's zelda uh
1: forbidden woods i think that's what it is. which harry potter ripped? no it ripped off harry potter
0: <laughs> i don't i don't know anything about it. all i know about harry potter is <laughs> you're, you're a, a wizard, wizard harry <laughs> and transphobia <laughs> there you it. go that's
1: all you need to know <laughs>
0: that's it and that there's fan fiction of everything
1: <laughs> well uh, that i wonder if there's bloodborne fan fiction
0: yeah that that would require <laughs> a lot of research beforehand like I who think- are the characters <laughs>
1: Yeah. (laughs) Like (laughs) I mean, there's like a Wikipedia. That's what I think is hilarious, is playing the game, there's no no real explanation to anything. It's just weird thing after another and and Mm -hmm. you start to make these connections and you're like, Wow, this is really interesting And then you go on the Wikipedia and it's like (laughs) paragraphs of explanations as to like why Michael Lash is the way he is (laughs) or like (laughs) there's a baby and an orphan somehow. I don't know. I don't I didn't read any of it. I like to just come up with my own yeah ideas
0: well okay so i think that's actually a really interesting point about this game that also drew me in when other games like in this style or in these series like didn't really draw me in is that even if you don't deep dive into the stories the storytelling is interesting and like the things that it suggests are interesting and i liked those things yes like i think that in dark souls not to keep dunking on dark souls i don't know i'm just still i'm still you know i'm i'm getting a little nostalgic about all the hate mail i was getting a couple months ago i'm trying to get more hate mail um <laughs>
1: well i've never played it so they can hate on me now. oh yeah okay. i don't
0: know <laughs> yeah well your email isn't on the website so that's true <laughs> and i'm not gonna put it there because <laughs> yeah because we're friends <laughs> um, uh, But like in Dark Souls, I think the thing that a lot of people like is really embodied by that one channel. Uh, I forget what it's called, but it's like a guy who like narrates like the stories and lore in Dark Souls. And yeah, it's like a YouTube channel. It's a very popular Uh, YouTube channel. Yeah, no, this is real. This exists. uh, And I don't get it at all. But the point is uh, like the dude basically goes through all the lore and puts it all together and then presents it to you as a story. So I think that people... That's pretty cool it is cool but it's like i think on the user end or like from the player perspective it's like the game is really weird and obtuse and then so later somebody comes and like explains it to you and i think that in bloodborne the weird and obtuse storytelling is actually so good that it doesn't need the extra content or the extra explanation at all yeah and you can still be like sucked into the world and like I honestly think, too, that all the references it makes or, like, the things that it draws from other media help that a lot. Like, the cosmic horror thing, Mm -hmm. right, like, is huge in Bloodborne. Yeah. And I think that's actually a really good storytelling device because then you don't need, like, you don't need an explanation of, like, why is there a giant spider? (laughs) Or, like, there's, like, another guy who, like, worships the spider? Or, like, why are there aliens? why is there one alien in the woods and then a bunch more aliens <laughs> in a cathedral <laughs> like you don't yeah. need those answers because it's just like Cosmo core.
1: yeah back to the like personal interpretation shit like I don't know like how much I should talk about like my religious background. A hundred percent. Okay.
0: I mean, okay, so to be clear, I guess if you don't know, you spend like eighty percent of Bloodborne in a church. Yeah. Not the same church. It's just everything is a church. <laughs> like, so Yes. Yeah.
1: There's like church a lot is of, <laughs> relevant. Yeah, there's like a lot of statues of various like piety is that how you say that word? <laughs>
0: Like like devotional statues, yeah, pietists. So there's a a lot
1: of statues of like (laughs) people praying, yes, and like looking up in these like enigmatic poses. And you're just like, like I spent a lot of time just going around and looking at the statues and being like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, what are you? What is happening here? Yeah, like am I? And I like to explore a lot in games too. Like I would not be a good like game streamer i feel like because i don't just like keep going and like it's not very entertaining for someone else to yeah. watch because like it's toodle. all for me you yeah like i like to like tootle yeah. around yeah and waste my time and life playing video games <laughs> so yeah I, I would just like get really sucked up into the imagery and it's a lot of religious stuff yeah which is like fascinating to me um and the whole like hunt at the beginning and and also i was like am i being hunted also why Mm -hmm. (laughs) like why are these like groups of people walking around trying to kill me it brought back like imagery of like witch hunts obviously and just like the inquisition and basically the catholic church (laughs) which like my background is in i was raised catholic Pretty much Catholic guilt is like a real thing. So I feel like another part of getting sucked into this game for me was the religious stuff. And it, it was a way for me to be like, yeah, fuck Catholicism. <laughs> it sucks. <Yeah. laughs> and like,
0: we all worship spiders. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. This would be cool. Like if we worshipped aliens instead and, and they were like real, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they'd like showed up and had giant heads and snapped you with lightning or whatever they do. I forget yeah i'm just rambling um <laughs> no i get what you're saying but yeah i don't know the religious imagery really really got me and it's also like beautiful like i I think there's no uh denying that that type of architecture and whatnot is just nice to look at yeah and that's the whole point of it is to create this like sense of awe mm-hmm. in the the church goers so they feel like they're like oh man now i'm just getting into it but like it feels it makes like a churchgoer feel like they're on another plane you know like rising Mm. to like that spiritual level that the (laughs) the priest or whoever wants you to get to mentally it's like all psychological and then the game kind of it's just just, like layered shit for me where i'm like i don't know it's crazy
0: yeah well, I, I love that stuff and that aesthetic. Like, I love devotional paintings, especially like that Renaissance era or like slightly before where it's super gory. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that shit. And I remember uh, when I was in college, my mom was like, why do you like this stuff? Like, you're not Christian. Like, we're not Christian. Why do you like this stuff? And I was like, it's just a really good aesthetic. <laughs> and like it's the aesthetic it's such a good aesthetic and so yeah like i i totally agree and they did it like so well in this game but it's also like really interesting that it's like a total perversion yes of that like style and that look because yeah like they worship big like eight-legged monsters that cling on to the side of churches and they like worship aliens yeah
1: did you get to amygdala
0: uh no I mean, you see, you see it so much, hanging out. Oh my god! But uh, that boss is in the uh, Nightmare Frontier. Yeah, and that you was you get the
1: cannon after you fight her.
0: Yeah, I wanted to do that, but then Them? I don't know the brain, the brain ladies.
1: <laughs> the brain ladies are the worst. That part is really hard. I yeah. mean, my character is like 130 level, <laughs> mm-hmm. and. Like I said, I got the game when I first bought a PS4, which was like six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. 2015, I want to say. Yeah. 2016, maybe. Um, what time is it? What year is it?
0: <laughs> what year is it?
1: <laughs> Where am I? I'm still playing the game, is what my yeah. point is. It's yeah. like playing by myself. Mm-hmm. It took forever to get there. But anyway, on McDonald, I think that's another cool part of the game is like, once I realized the name of the creature it's a reference there's all these references of like so many different things but like the amygdala which then I looked up uh what exactly that is in our brains and it's like the fear processing center Mm -hmm. (laughs) which I, I don't know it seems like really basic shit but I just love it I think it's really cool
0: yeah for sure Well, and I think that that kind of gets to like the environmental storytelling and world building that the game does like just visually Mm -hmm. is once again, it's so cool. And that's what I think is above like everything else in the series, because like, yeah, like, okay, so there's insight system in the game. And so instead of like humanity, which is what you have in Dark Souls, you have insight. Insight is a lot more plentiful, which is a nice change. Um, But also as you get more, the game starts to change. Yeah. So like the game gets harder in certain areas because enemies have more attacks. There are certain enemies that suddenly appear, and then also like you can just start to see things. Mm -hmm. And also like you know, another really cool thing is as you as you go through the game, you complete more of it. It changes from day to night slowly. Yes. And then to like another phase at the end, and like that's so cool too because then yeah you start to see those huge creatures like hanging out and you start to see more enemies you didn't see before enemies start to look different like yeah. subtly and yeah that's just so cool and then you couple that with the fact that like as you're going around like you see all this crazy shit like you'll see like dead bodies that almost look like um what's a volcano that erupted in Italy uh and all the people what got like Subius? mummified Pompeii Pompeii you find dead bodies that look <laughs> is like
1: that the name of the volcano or the city
0: that's the city I think um, it is Mount Missuvius. I don't know anything. But it's Pompeii is what I was thinking of. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so you find these dead bodies that look like Pompeii where they're all like mummified. Yeah. You know, it's like trying to like climb up walls and... Dude, totally. Yeah. Like even without looking at item descriptions, which was like the thing that people love to talk about with Dark Souls, where it's like, oh, the item descriptions have so much lore and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, bro, it's not a book. I don't <laughs> want to read. Fuck you. I'm playing a video game. <laughs> like, I love books. I, I adore to read. But like i adore to read like i'm not gonna sit there in the pause menu of a game where you can't pause the game
1: oh my god yeah
0: where this is what it, my question to these people <laughs> is 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 like where where are they somebody tell me where are they when they have the pause menu open and they're reading like the description of like the fucking
1: in the dream
0: yeah i guess so. the
1: hunter's dream yeah
0: which is another cool thing that they added to the game like it's clunky and i i was kind of like surprised to find people complaining about it online but I was like yeah it's clunky that it's not just a menu but it's like so much cooler than a menu
1: yeah like super interactive and yeah playing with the environment too because you have all these like little notes Mm -hmm. in case you're like me and you play for five years and you pick (laughs) it up six months later you're like how (laughs) and then you just walk up to the little note guys who are (laughs) just these little skeletons in the ground holding up little scrolls (laughs) and they like anyway (laughs) yeah they just tell you tell you like how stuff works so you can just go through the hunter's dream and like read everything and be like oh yeah okay and you can also like practice moves
0: yeah and the dream changes that too and is dynamic which i think is super cool i think also those little skeleton guys (laughs) rock yeah but that was also something I talked about in that essay where like when I first played Dark Souls, I felt like a lot of the goofiness that I expected from like a FromSoft game was gone. Mm-hmm. And in its place was just kind of like glitchiness that people online are like, ha ha, funny. <laughs> I fell through floor, ha, ha. And like Bloodborne is actually has a lot more goofiness. <laughs> like the aliens and the skeleton guys and some like random enemies and like there are almost like jokes in the game. Even some of the traps are like funny. (laughs) Like the first time that one of the old dudes in the wheelchairs blows up, (laughs) like it's funny. (laughs) Like the game has like a sense of comedic timing that I just thought was really hilarious. And that like instantly endeared me to it in a way that I think dark souls totally lacks. Hmm. And, I I mean, I get why people would like that more, because some (laughs) people really like that shit. But like, I, you know, once again, like I grew up playing these FromSoft games that were all just like stupid as fuck. And like, I loved it. I was like, this company is kind of awesome. Like, they're all just like so dumb. Like, but they're good at making games. Like, it's this weird, like, I don't know. It just had a certain vibe that I really liked. And I think that Bloodborne has a lot more of that than like the other games in the series
1: i'll take your word for it yeah
0: (laughs) i get why you haven't played the other games in the series because like bloodborne is so different and it has such a different vibe to it but i also think that if you like the basic gameplay of it like it's worth playing dark souls 3 at least
1: i gotta do that i think also too i just got sucked into bloodborne and i was like i'll play the other games when i'm done with this which will be never like i still haven't beaten it i'm Mm -hmm. still the last boss
0: Yeah, that's where I am too. Because I was like, I'm going to go do the DLC first. And then I did one area of the DLC and I was like, I don't know if I'm (laughs) going to play this actually.
1: I forgot about the DLC until you brought it up. So like, I'm glad I made you play Bloodborne, I guess.
0: (laughs) Well, so that's an interesting thing too. I think that Bloodborne is a game that you can play for that long and be that invested in because it's super well structured. The main game is really dense and really full of like secrets and things to explore. And and like you're saying, just like there's aesthetics to look at and a world to kind of get sucked into. But then it's not super frustrating. Like, you know, some other games that I'll stop mentioning are. Uh, So, you know, you can keep playing it. You can even take breaks from it, which was not something I experienced before with this type of game where like I could take a week off and then come back and, I could be back up to speed in, like, 20 minutes. Yeah, Like, that was really nice. Um, But then there's all this optional stuff, too. There's a ton of side areas. There's the DLC. And that's where they really get back on their, like, bullshit of, like, making areas that are super unfair and (laughs) difficult. But, like, because you're doing it for fun and you're just purely motivated by wanting to see more of the game you are like more apt to do it and you're more apt to keep returning to it yes i felt like that was a problem i had with the other game um (laughs) that like (laughs) because i had to do it to progress i was like oh well i'm just done with the game because like i'm not having fun anymore and i'm not going to see the ending. So,
1: i think you nailed it right there like why like regardless of being obsessive like me being able to die 12 times and just like memorizing a level just so I can like get through it because I wanted to see what else was out there like where this game is going because it is that interesting yeah it's a really good point
0: yeah for sure and I think too I guess to go back to like temperament for a second like I'm not as like detail-oriented <laughs> as you or I don't have like the stick-to-itiveness that you do I'm because I <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: that means <laughs> that's what that means
0: okay uh it
1: doesn't mean anything
0: i mean it can it can mean whatever it wants i'm just like super ignorant i I'm, have no never mind no go for it <laughs> nothing
1: <laughs> <laughs> i think it's just a personality thing yeah i've like done personality tests and stuff and recently found out i am most likely an hsp which is a highly sensitive person oh, okay. and they tend to be more detail-oriented pay attention to subtleties that kind Mm. of stuff
0: yeah i mean i feel like for myself i have some of that Mm -hmm. but then like i i just relate it to the work i do because i i don't know i'm just like dead inside (laughs) um but like i think about audio is a thing where like you can get super detail oriented it's good to be detail oriented and it's good to be a little bit obsessive it's good to be able to sit down and work on something for hours and hours at a time but there's a ton of instant gratification. I mean, audio is absolutely an instant gratification field. Cause like you can have something that's like, ah, this doesn't sound so good. And you go and you turn one knob and it's like, this sounds amazing, you know? <laughs> so it's like, that's not the end of it. Like yeah. you have so much more work to do, but you get like so many like sick hits of dopamine, like working on audio, just doing that. We're like, man, this doesn't sound so good throw a compressor plug in on it this sounds amazing you know (laughs) and so it's like i kind of need that to do something really frustrating i find yeah so even like i don't know like when i like i like to clean things and i like to reorganize spaces like i find that very fun but it's really hard to get started so i always have to like think about it beforehand like okay what's the album i'm gonna listen to that I'm really excited to hear? Or like, what's the podcast I'm gonna listen to that I'm super excited to hear? Like, what's the thing that's gonna like give me that initial like hit of dopamine so that I can then go start cleaning. And then once I'm halfway through cleaning, I don't even hear sound anymore. I'm fully in the like tunnel vision, like runner's high, pure drug ecstasy <laughs> of like cleaning, you
1: know? And yep. like organizing. <laughs> yeah, totally.
0: <laughs> but like, I I Clean need, any, yeah. <laughs> I need that, like, jump start. I gotcha. And so I feel like sometimes with these games, it can get really frustrating because if at the start you just get pounded into the <laughs> ground, it's like, well, okay.
1: I think that says a lot about animation for me. Because <laughs> I think uh, comparatively, comparing professions, uh-huh. Bloodborne <laughs> is my, like, dopamine. Like, playing video games in general. Yeah. But I think it's <laughs> super funny to me but. Animation can be that painful and time-consuming because what you just described—needing to like set your space and like really prepare to do the thing to really get into it—that's how I feel about animation. Yeah, a lot of times Mm -hmm. it's like grueling.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah,
1: but it can be fun. Like once you get into it, it's like you want to see what what uh, the outcome is, and that's the satisfying part.
0: Yeah, and I think it's it's a little different with something you do as like a pursuit or as a job or whatever, because like you probably already have a space set up for it. Like, yeah. I mean like we are in my home audio space right now and like, I don't know if it looks like it. Cause it kind of just looks like someone threw a bunch of random boxes around, but like there is a lot of ergonomic setup that went into this space and like, like wh- where everything is the way that everything's wired in. Yep. Like, it's very very particular totally and so for me it's like i can always get started on audio because i'm set up for that but if it's something i do for fun like a video game or something i mean like this i put a second monitor so i could sit on the couch and play computer games and like that's like the most i've thought about it that's great so sometimes like when you just go into a game you're not expecting that level of like preparedness and that's why these games can be kind of like, hard, because it's, like, beyond their own difficulty is, like, yeah oh, now I have to, like, put all this effort into it, and I have to be at, like, a higher level, or, like, yep. you know, and that's, like, kind of a weird thing, like, I think that's initially a thing I, I had a hard time getting over, like, with video games, or with these video games, specifically.
1: Like, having to level up, and, like what do you mean
0: just like having to tune in that much to a video game ah because like i see when i got like back into playing video games like probably around like 2015 mm-hmm. 2016 like i was only playing walking sims mm-hmm. i was specifically like i don't want to play any games with combat and then i played wow. evil within which i can't play that. <laughs> i love that. that's like my favorite game oh god uh and oh, okay but see that's the thing is that i already had a natural advantage which was having played resident evil 4 approximately a billion times okay yeah so it was like that game was still really hard but i understood it a lot and so it's the same thing where it's like yeah like audio can be hard but i understand it it's easier for me to sit down and do it so it's like resident evil 4 dude i know resident evil 4 (laughs) like and that's the thing is i always joke that i suck at video games and stuff but then like I uploaded a video of myself playing Resident Evil 4 to our Patreon, and someone messaged me and they're like, What What difficulty is that on? Are you playing on easy? And I was like, No, I'm playing on like super hard. And they're like, Wow, you're really good at that game. And I was like, Huh, okay, maybe I'm good at that game. But like, I don't know. So I'm just like so used to just, even that, it's so, like my brain is like not all the way into it. Yeah. And I'm just like saying there, like, Yeah, Resident Evil 4. So I'm playing like Bloodborne or once something. Again. Like, once again. <laughs> once Here again. Here we are. Feel you know, playing, like, Bloodborne, it's like, oh, I have to pay
1: attention. Yeah. All the way. Uh, yeah. I kind of, I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I love that about the game. Yeah. I like to get sucked in and not think about anything but yeah. the game. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> I do think there is, though, like, a valid comparison between audio and animation there. Because, like, it's so much more work to do animation. It's crazy. Well, because, like, so your animation that you finished that you mentioned earlier is called Animal. Yep. Um, I'll do a plug for it at the beginning of the episode. For sure. (laughs) But uh, you did it and then I did the music for it. It's true. um, Which was cool. That was fun to do.
1: It's cool.
0: And It's
1: weird. It's a weird film. It's super
0: weird. (laughs) Yeah, it's really good. Uh, And I mean, you've done other animation too that we've collaborated on. You did a couple videos. um, Yeah. And we still... Kind of collab on videos a little bit to this day which is cool yeah um the one you did for the hallway song cancer lands is still just like insane <laughs> that video is unbelievable
1: I don't even know I think it's funny to me to look at that one and then look at my film because I feel like that was the precursor to my film
0: dude I was just gonna <laughs> there's like
1: yeah. it's weird as like an artist to see especially as an animator I work more intuitively which is like not how you should work in animation (laughs) you're supposed to plan it like a film like script storyboard have it all laid out because it is so time consuming but i wanted to make it even harder so (laughs) i was like let's just draw stuff and see what happens yeah and so a lot of it is subconscious stuff so it's it's interesting to me to see that stuff come out and to like continue on into the rest of my work and it's funny that my film was called animal Because that is a theme that I have constantly addressed since I started going to school, college. Um, Mostly influenced by my Catholic upbringing. Because there's a big part of Catholicism that establishes a distinction between animals and human beings. And puts human beings on a higher plane. And I've always had issue with that. So that's what my film is about. Mm. I don't think anyone's going to get that out of it. (laughs) But i got that that's just like
0: maybe not that exactly
1: yeah it's like
0: but the tension between humans and the natural world yes that's the theme
1: yes exactly vaguely
0: in a vague way i should had didn't you write them. my
1: logline <laughs> hey, I, I offered <laughs> i like yeah that is the hardest part about films anyway um summing it up in one to two sentences <laughs> where i just want to be like no just watch oh, yeah. it yeah
0: oh you know what there was another story i was gonna tell top that i didn't tell so okay for the listener because you don't know this probably unless you're one of the like four people listening to the show that knows both of us uh (laughs) michelle and i used to live together yep in a house
1: with some bats
0: it was it was us and and, Monica <laughs> and, Monica and, 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 and some bats and, and a donut. couple cats, yeah.
1: And then Clovis.
0: And then Clovis. She was a demon. A lot of animals in that house. That's <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> a lot of creatures.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, oh, like my
1: rabbit. And your <laughs> rabbit, yeah.
0: That. Moon. Uh Moon. Uh, yeah that was truly the tension <laughs> between man and the natural world in that house that we were cool. outnumbered
1: that was crazy
0: yeah holy shit Um, I mean, we used to live together and at that time me and Monica did a band called Hollow Boys and we did a record um, it's our second record and it's called Believe in Nothing I had to think really hard about that uh, <laughs> I did not remember but that Best album title ever. Yeah. Oh, was it it was originally had a whole sentence or something. And that's what I do now. I do whole sentence titles. But at the time everyone was like, don't do that. Just call it believe in nothing. I was like, okay, cool. But um, This isn't an essay. <laughs> it is always an essay with me, and I just am waiting for everyone to figure that out. But like that album was super important because it was like we had kicked out our shitty bass player and Cole had joined the band. Um, and like You know, we were kind of like, let's do what we want to do. So I was like, with the artwork, we got this designer we know to go totally over the top and do this crazy packaging, and then we talked to you. We're like, okay, and you did two videos for that album, yeah, yeah, someday, someday, yeah, someday in Cancerlands, you did videos for, and like, I don't know, that time for like me as an artist is super important because that's when I was like, okay, what do I want to do? Yeah, and it's kind of funny because now that Another Heaven is getting like really like hitting our stride and putting out these like longer albums that cover the themes that we want to cover and they're not just like scattered and whatever it's really funny because they all kind of go back to that album because that album was me just like I'm going to make a really like difficult sort of impenetrable album that's like longer than it needs to be that's all about how the earth is dying and how humans are killing the earth and like now i've just leaned into that like so heavily that it's like all our albums are extremely long and about how humans are awful and they're killing the earth
1: yeah and that's why we got along so well i think
0: yeah and so it's interesting then to be like oh like you also made this thing at that time that (laughs) called forward to your work because i feel like we were just on the yeah the same vibe yeah that was
1: also when i got the jerome grant i felt like i was on same what you're saying like uh really figuring out what you want to be as an artist Mm -hmm. and that was definitely very formative for me yeah that whole time
0: yeah and like i think it's good to have like riffs and themes and things you come back to because like last night i was hanging out with cole and we were just playing some guitar together we were joking about how like we just write the same song over and over and over because it's like we have the same like five chords that we like, and but they're really weird. So you can just keep using them and people are like, oh, it's so unique. Yeah, you know? there you
1: go.
0: <laughs> and so it's like, you know, he's like, yeah, every song kind of sounds like the song Wait on that album. And it's like, oh, yeah, you're not wrong. And it's like, I feel like, you know, with your work, it's like there's a distinct look to it. There's a sense of like color and texture that I love. Actually the there's a still from Cancerland is still my computer background. Sweet. It's like been my only computer background forever. Hell yeah. It's just like this red like mist. Yeah. Shit. And that's like you you do that similar effect in uh Animal, Animal. was like
1: level up. Like Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of spending 5 years <laughs> leveling up, that's what that film felt like. I was like, yeah, exploring the same kind of ideas and just really like I don't want to say mastering it, but, like...
0: Yeah, for sure. You can say that.
1: Becoming more of an expert. Yeah. And where Cancer lands, I'm really proud of that video. Also, like, having the creative freedom to make whatever I want, which is, mm-hmm. like, every artist's dream, and also having something to make it for is so important and, and very helpful. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I yeah, I agree with everything you said. It's all... We're all just just fish floating around (laughs) doing stuff eating plankton yeah or whatever they do
0: yeah they uh
1: I don't know (laughs) this is not a good metaphor
0: (laughs) I think fish eat smaller fish eat chum I thought you
1: were gonna say chunks chunks. which brings me to blood chunks (laughs) (laughs)
0: which brings me to bloodborne a game where you collect chunks in order to get better at swinging a sword
1: crystallized blood (laughs) Well, I think it is,
0: you know, there is a a connection here. We're not just talking. Um, And I think the connection here is that like one thing that's hard to explain sometimes to people is that like if you're an artist, you are always an artist. Like, Mm,
1: mm -hmm. I
0: mean, not to sound like some weird like college freshman, like (laughs) pumping myself up or something, but it's like if you make art and you make a lot of art and it takes up a lot of your time you can't shut off that part of your brain yeah and so that doesn't mean that you go around being an asshole or you're a, a, an alien or something although i wish i was an alien to be honest a alien. A alien. <laughs> uh it means that like sometimes things need to stimulate that part of your brain in order to be like exciting or yeah. interesting and so like bloodborne is awesome because it has like such a great world and it's so beautiful and it seems to hint at things that are like really really interesting you know and so like i think that the fact that it's this destroyed world is cool but like everything from soft does is a destroyed world right like dark souls is a destroyed world i mean sekiro i don't know they have an ape problem whatever (laughs) in bloodborne though it's like a world destroyed by religion?
1: Yes. Question mark? I'm saying, yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. And that's like fascinating.
1: That's it. I mean, there's a lot of things, but that is definitely a big one. Uh, well, just uh, talking about what you were talking about, what we were talking about, um, your band and making music about the world being a piece of shit. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> on fire. Yeah. Pretty desolate and kind of depressing mm-hmm. and almost oppressive and that definitely ties into bloodborne <laughs> like yeah. i um let's see when i started playing the game too i was like full disclosure uh i've been in therapy for like 4 years yeah so i started playing the game before i went into therapy and found out i have depression and some other diagnoses and so like when i play the game that's what i see is like mental health stuff like Mm. especially because there's a point in the game where like you realize the hunter is just some someone who is like constantly reincarnated for whatever reason like brought back to like fight fight the demons or whatever i don't know (laughs) i'm sure someone out there is like it's blah 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 (laughs) (laughs) sure um but uh That's kind of like what I read into it. And, um, I don't know. I think that was also a really fascinating aspect of the game for me is I just started seeing all the, especially with amygdala, they call her in the game or amygdala. Like to me, there's not a, a more clear representation of mental health or like mental illness than that monster. And so then all the monsters kind of start. Being symbols for things in my mind when I'm playing the game, mm. and I think that was like super fun. That's a and super I don't know if cool this is like read. a weird tangent.
0: No. Also. Well, it just okay. feels
1: all connected, kind of.
0: Oh, it, it totally is, and also tangents are the best. Great. I'm all about tangents. I love tangents. <laughs> well, it's all I got. So. If it ever seems like I'm trying to get things back on track, that's literally just a reflex. Ignore it.
1: No, so. it's just me. Also, <laughs> it's my internal. Corrector guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're talking too much. Oh, about no. Weird stuff. I, I literally asked you to come here just to talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, you know, there is a long and storied and sometimes controversial history within horror games of two things that you brought up. Number one is um, horror games as allegories. The most famous being Silent Hill 2, sure. which people love to. Proclaim endlessly is like this You know, thing about this guy and his tortured Relationship with his wife and the other people are like No, it's just about depression it's true. You know, mm-hmm. so there's a history of that But I also think that there's a long history Of horror games and horror themed games Being these like Depression simulators Or like the thing yeah. that You know, <laughs> or like the thing that I always Come back to is like something being like A simulacra of the feeling You get when you're depressed and mm-hmm. specifically That like apocalyptic totally depression yeah and that's like i don't know what this says about me but that's like my favorite thing in art and it's like kind of a problem because sometimes i'll like get into shit that ends up being like problematic or by someone who's like a piece (laughs) of shit but like so like lars von trier piece of shit and i'm like super not supportive of lars von trier but like i've not really cried at movies ever and the closest i think i came was watching um Oh god, what's that one with Kirsten Dunst at the wedding? Melancholia? Yeah. Was watching Melancholia yeah. and I was like Hell yeah. Dude, like the fact that it actually ends like with the uh, apocalypse i mean okay spoiler spoiler <laughs> whatever fuck fuck him fuck if you haven't seen it yet you're not good if you haven't seen it at this point <laughs> you're not gonna watch it yeah. right like you either missed it or like if you're a young person watch something better like yeah younger than me i mean i'm not i'm not your grandpa sometimes i get all grandpaish. grandpa i get all i turn to like arab grandpa <laughs> yeah maybe no don't 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 do that um <laughs> Uh, what was I saying? But, like the fact that it actually ends with like the end of the world, and it's just like, that's how it feels. Like, yeah. that's like when you feel that way, the yes. feeling is like everything is over. I've ruined it. I'm worthless. Mm-hmm. It's not even about like dying or feeling suicidal, which is obviously like a side effect of that feeling or like something that there's like a high uh, comorbidity between like suicidal ideation and having like severe depression. Mm-hmm. But it's not even about that. It's just about that feeling of like nothing matters, everything's over. Yeah. And like I love shit that gives you that feeling. Which yeah. once again, I don't I don't know how to unpack that. But like and I'm that still was still working on it. Still working on it. Four years of therapy. <laughs> Four years of therapy. Yeah. There we go. Um but yeah, I think that's that's interesting because it's made me look at certain things really differently. And and sometimes I can't really talk to people about some of the stuff I like because it's like oh, we don't really see eye to eye. Oh, yeah. Like, the best example, and it's one that I'm going to do some content on eventually, but I'm going to do it alone because I just don't want to deal with this, honestly, (laughs) but uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yeah. Which is, like, to me, an anime that's, like, a huge cry for help from, like, one singular dude, like, the director of it, and it's, like, really fascinating on that level, and it's basically just, like, trite, offensive garbage on every other (laughs) level and like i've gotten into so many arguments with people about this show because it's just like like, no it's like this and this and this and it's like dude it's pretty much just like a dude like asking you to help him
1: yeah i mean that's the beauty of art it's like yeah really the in the eye of the beholder and like about that person's experience right and (laughs) i have not seen neon genesis Evangelion. Evangelion. That's
0: okay, you can skip it.
1: I watched, like, two episodes. And for some reason never finished it. But I've been wanting to. Don't keep this in. I don't want people to hate me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's fine. I don't know. Like, well, this... Okay, this well, is actually a great thing that I thought of, too. Like, two minutes ago. And I didn't, or ten minutes ago. And I didn't say it. Oh. Which is that, like, I think going back to that, like, artist brain thing. There's a lot of anime that I just can't support. Because it's mm. like i don't like tropey shit Mm -hmm. i don't like ugly visual design and i don't like unnecessary like fan service yeah that rules out 99 percent of anime and video games for that matter yeah so there's a lot of shit that people like this is pretty cool it's pretty fun and i like look at the trailer and i'm like i would rather put needles (laughs) in like the most sensitive parts of my body like fuck this Fuck you, you know, like it just like I, I feel s- it. <laughs> I have such a strong response, and I don't. I'm not happy about that, or I'm not like proud. I'm not like I'm so cool because I like get mad over. <laughs> it's nothing. just your brain, yeah. Like you
1: said, you can't turn it off, which is funny. S- speaking of like highly sensitive persons, you should take the test. I- I should, I'd be I'll curious to know. I'll t- I take it. But um that's like part of it is like. Uh, It it literally is part of your brain, and I've never felt more validated in my entire life until, like, I'm reading this book now. I read, like, the first chapter, and I was like, I finally feel like not a weirdo. Like, I've always felt like an alien in that way of, like, like you said, some things you just can't talk about with people because they just don't see eye to eye. I have that experience a lot. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it is what it is, and our brains are what they are. (laughs) yeah and you you just gotta embrace it, and it does feel good to just know that you're not alone also, which is yeah the end of that well, can I talk about yeah go for melancholia yeah about also? Melancholia, yeah also which I think is funny you bring that up because I kept thinking about that movie the entire last year with Covid of like to me that movie it's in two parts where like she's all depressed in the first part. And then in the second part, when the world is ending and it's clear it's gonna end, she's happy.
0: She's like euphoric.
1: That's how I felt (laughs) (laughs) in quarantine, where I was like, finally, everyone's on my level. (laughs) Like I can just be inside and not think about anything else. Like Mm -hmm. obviously horrifying circumstances to find us in, but like there was this guilt I had of like, I mean, I felt at peace in a way anyway that's just kind of a weird tangent but I I feel like that's something a lot of people with depression talked about um during like quarantine and stuff and how how it's just like this sucks but also I feel fine yeah I don't know if you experienced that but
0: I experienced something similar but different like I felt initially very like horrified and I was like just like really upset because I just want to see my friends yeah and then once I got into it there was this kind of period of like well now I have more time to think and I'm just thinking and kind of reassessing and still talking to my friends just not like in person and it was so interesting because we all kind of hit upon the same idea of like we're really like rethinking ourselves and the way we do things yeah and imagining like a different future and so there was definitely a point in time when things were really stressful and fucked up, but I it was like n- not necessarily a sense of euphoria, euphoria, but like a sense of hopefulness. Yeah. And I feel now, like in this present moment, I feel a deep sense of hopelessness. Yep. Because everyone is trying to rush back to things being exactly the same on yeah. every like, and it doesn't matter where you're ta- if you're talking about politics, right. you're talking about economics, you're talking about um, music, shows, art, the yeah. way art's bought and sold, like. We went from this moment of like, imagine utopia, kind of, or something like moving in that direction. And then now it's like, haha, just kidding, late capitalism, die, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, I've felt oh so brutally like hopeless lately that I kind of don't know how I get anything done. I I, feel and that. I get a lot of shit done. And I still, like, at the end of the day, I'm just sitting there like, what? <laughs> like what
1: if you stop to think about it too much it becomes that where it's almost debilitating
0: yeah but Um, you're right like deep pandemic it wasn't like that
1: yeah i i mean there's lots of other political stuff going on too where i was just like we're all gonna die (laughs) yeah i won't get into it but um you could i i mean (laughs) god I just feel like I've, my brain has compartmentalized <laughs> those memories and it's like, wow, it's all just a weird dream. And so I feel like maybe that's why we are where we are right now because people are just trying to get back to some semblance of quote unquote normal, mm-hmm. but most of us have realized there was really no like good normal, like no. it was always fucked up and we need major change in a lot of different ways and it's just not... Happening, yeah. The way we need it to happen, right now.
0: Yeah, I think that's it. (laughs) I mean, it's just—it was just so frustrating because, like, it just felt like there was a moment where everybody could see a lot of bullshit for what it is. Yeah. And then now, a lot of those same people are just like, back on my bullshit. (laughs) 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 Hashtag, I'm just doing it for me, (laughs) you know. And it's like. But what a, what about
1: what about what about what about I'm, I don't know personally I'm tired yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just tired of stuff a lot of the time so I'm just yeah. kind of burnt out in a way and I feel like that's also a huge huge thing is burnout
0: burnout is definitely a huge thing but I think it's been fascinating to see that like some people it's like burnout is like do nothing And other people burn out as like do the most. (laughs) (laughs) What you know what I mean? Where it's like, no, I'm I'm tired of this last year. I just want to do me. Like I just want to do whatever I I want in public. Yeah. Like man, dude.
1: I'm definitely a do nothing kind of burnout. That's the proper response. Play Bloodborne.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do not. That's the proper response. I'm sorry not to. Not to gatekeep burnout, but no, there is like one, like, let me tell you the bad way. Okay. I saw, man. Okay.
1: Are we just going to talk shit?
0: Yes. We're going to talk shit. Okay. So this last week I was outside a lot. And I mean, that's not like out of the ordinary, but I just noticed I've been outside a lot. And the way I noticed was because I was like, man, I've seen so many crazy fucking people do weird ass bullshit. Like, two days ago, I was running and I saw a guy just pushing a lawnmower that was spewing noxious blue smoke. What the fuck? To the point where I was all the way across a pretty wide street and I had to pull my, my shirt up, like, over my nose because it was like, I couldn't breathe. And people were literally just driving by screaming at him, like, stop, stop, like, don't do that. What and like, he fuck? was just doing that. The day before that, I had been working at the studio I work at, which is in Minneapolis, and I went to go get coffee at the Wedge. I parked my car and there's just a guy standing there holding a giant rock. <laughs> and I was like, that's fucking weird. I'm going to just kind of try and go get my <laughs> coffee. <really."> neutral. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. He went chaotic neutral to like chaotic evil pretty fast.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Because
0: I went in to get my coffee. And as I'm coming out the door, as I start hearing like, dung. Oh no. DONG. They go out, and the dude was just throwing the rock at the ground as hard as he could and then picking it back up. And this is right at the intersection outside the wedge. And once again, people, a bunch of like older ladies, but like kept coming up to him and being like, hey, don't do that. And then eventually he (laughs) just took his rock and walked away. And it clearly had just come from the rock pile in front of the wedge. Like it wasn't his
1: rock. (laughs) That's performance art i'm sorry (laughs) yeah
0: and the crazy thing was that he's totally normal looking dude that's so
1: crazy dressed
0: normal clothes like clean like nothing out of the ordinary about him except the giant rock (laughs) that he was spiking into the ground
1: everybody's just dealing with shit (laughs) in their own way
0: That dude was a fucking bloodborne NPC for sure. <laughs> <Yes. shit.
1: laughs>
0: and I was just trying not to aggro him. I was trying to take my coffee to my PT cruiser, <laughs> drive back to my job. <laughs> and then that job is stressful, too, because, like, it's on also kind of a busy intersection. And so if you stand outside, crazy people just come up to you. And then, like, you do your best to just be like, I don't work here. This isn't a recording studio full of expensive gear. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I'm just drinking a coffee, uh, leaning on my PT Cruiser <laughs> with three other people who all look like they are in bands. Like, <laughs> and I've been told many times that I just look like I'm in a band. So I've been like, told
1: that and I'm not. No.
0: <laughs> you do kind of look like you're in a band. Ca- right?
1: Even my niece, She, she's five. <laughs> I don't know, man.
0: <laughs> Maybe you should be in a band.
1: I guess I got to join a band. You now. should join a band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I don't go at Scent. Yeah, if I can help it
0: Honestly, walks it. are
1: cool but man I mm. get it I just try not to like engage but sometimes that just doesn't even work yeah people need to express themselves whether it's with giant rocks or yeah
0: dude it's so crazy yeah cause I go <laughs> lawnmowers running on fire. Lawn mower. okay the lawnmower thing is weird too I've been having bad luck with lawnmowers oh, cause no. the other day I was running in the same area basically I run the same route almost every day um and a dude was like on a riding lawnmower and he was mowing like a really tiny lawn so it was like super weird that's my favorite <laughs> i was like you did not you could have done this with a push mower like you didn't even need uh like a engine powered mower let alone a fucking like huge like one of those industrial riding yeah mowers. that's
1: america right there yeah
0: with like the big base yeah you know yeah And he was rocking one of those and i kept trying to avoid him and he was like chasing me kind of like he would like follow me on the mower to try and like get in my way and i was like that's
1: really weird
0: yeah because it's also it's like where my route like turns around so i had to go like down and like back again and i was like all right is this guy chasing me am i gonna have to jump on this guy's lawnmower and like punch him or something like what do i do here what is the combat maneuver
1: pick up a rock and put it in front of the lawnmower
0: yeah it's dodge he has to stop dodge to the side and hit him in the back it's basically <laughs> this is bloodborne. what i learned in bloodborne <laughs> bloodborne is real get life.
1: around behind your enemy and then do a visceral attack yeah just don't, don't kill people do
0: not cool I mean, I think if someone's chasing you with a big lawnmower
1: Yeah, self-defense
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to I don't want to kill Just anyone Just throw
1: rocks in it
0: The Lawnmower is pretty scary
1: Yeah, lawnmower is scary I watched Fear Street last night Oh, Dude, spoiler alert The bread slicer? Yes, that, that ruined me I was eating pizza Oh no <laughs> And I was like, okay, I guess I'm not I'm done now dude and the close-up was it bread? was that bread or was it her head that was her head <laughs> it looked like bread yeah it's not
0: good uh okay so Fierce Street on netflix fantastic um it's so good yeah oh uh, I, I was
1: part- very surprised actually how good it was
0: yeah i watched both parts of it and they're both really good
1: i have to watch part two yet
0: but the scene with the bread slicer <laughs> upset me
1: i was yeah
0: i'm really desensitized that shit from watching horror movies for so long and that yeah i actually yelled no and (laughs) then why would they do that (laughs) and monica was like are you okay and i was like no why would they do that yeah because it's upsetting for story reasons yep it's upsetting visually yep (laughs) it's upsetting because i didn't know that's what a bread slicer is I've never worked at like a co-op <laughs> or a deli or something and Monica has so she was like oh I'm she saw the bread slicer
1: I thought in it was, this oh
0: in the scene before
1: okay yeah and did she call it She's she was
0: like, like no she was just like I'm so scared of bread slicers uh, and then the next scene is that and it was just like
1: no What oh, is scary I definitely had some like when they before the <laughs> the atrocity happens and uh-huh. it's like Impending, and you're like, "No way are they! Gonna, no way is this gonna no. happen!" And then it fucking happens. It just happens. But I definitely had a very visceral reaction. I used to work at a grocery store, and there was a deli department, and somebody had an accident with the meat slicer. Uh huh. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's
0: super common.
1: It's fucked up.
0: <laughs> a lot of people have lost fingers. Yeah. To... Dude, I almost lost my whole arm at when I worked at the library. <laughs> what okay so uh <laughs> the library and not every library I Thought that a, would be chill no it was the least chill job I've <laughs> although ever. although i thought
1: that watching fear street and i was like wow that looks like a cool job like stocking books looks chill not chill not chill anyway <laughs>
0: uh the library i worked at had a thing called uh, called an amh which is, like, it's an automated materials handler. And so basically what it is is, like, there are, you know, book drops, and they go onto a conveyor belt, um, and the conveyor belt takes it back, and then there's, like, this big machine that automatically sorts the books. So basically they go and they get scanned by, like... And that's, like, if you see those book drops with a conveyor belt, they say, like, how to put the book on it. It's so the machine has an easier time scanning it. So it will scan the book, and then it goes down another conveyor belt... And then it gets dropped into these things that are, like, these um, like these big trays that move the books, like, back and forth and into bins. And those trays are just on these big, like, pistons, basically. Oh, God. And it's super dangerous. So they're always, like, don't wear, like, baggy clothes. Don't wear, like, hoodies around this thing. Like, unless you have the hood up for some reason. Like, you have to have your hair tied back if you have long hair. Like, and they're really serious about it. And... I never really worked on the machine. Like it, it, it was a job that was mostly for like managers or like certain specific people on staff would be like the one like watching the machine, but you would go and pull the bins from the machine. Like everyone would do that. And if you saw like uh, something jammed, you were supposed to either get the person on call or you're supposed to get those like grabber things at the long <laughs> like as seen on TV grabbers and you could like get something out. Cause the thing is they got jammed all the time. Because the books were just... They're super old-fashioned. They look like they're from the 60s, even though they're not. And, like, shit would get stuck in the Pistons all the time. And I worked there when I was, like, 18. It was just, like, very dumb. And I just used to do, like, dumb, like, stunts and, like, stupid shit and hurt myself all the fucking time. <laughs> and so I just, like truly didn't library. Care. yeah well in my life not okay. at the library. it just in my not at the library but like you know i used to just like bomb hills on skateboards or just okay. like jump off of things and fearless it's just, yeah just it's just stupid basically <laughs> until i hurt myself bad enough doing that that i was like i should like not do that anymore um but anyway so one day i was just walking past and i saw a book that was jammed and it was jammed like so perfectly that i was like i can just reach it and grab that and it was like on the external, like thing. And so I was like, I remember the thought process being like, I should do ABC. Oh, God. But I know <laughs> that I can just do that. And like, I had never like tangled with machines. So I didn't realize how strong <laughs> it was. And so I reached in and I grabbed this book and I was, and it grabbed like, I was wearing like a hoodie and it grabbed like the sleeve. And it got caught in there and it just started pulling my arm in. And I I kind of like panicked because I was like, whoa, because it really like caught me off guard. I didn't realize how strong it was. Oh my God. And I just barely managed to like pull my hand out and then just like whip myself out of the hoodie and the machine just like ate it.
1: Well, that's terrifying. Yeah, I and they, they had the, the fear to add to the list. <laughs>
0: yeah, and luckily the person working was like the one person working there who actually liked me, so she like hit the stop button and we actually like got <laughs> it out and like nobody knew that that happened, but like me and her. But like,
1: wait, so like if she didn't like you, she would have just. Let you die.
0: I probably would have got in trouble. <laughs> okay, like I got myself out of the dying part, yeah. but I think I would have got in trouble for being a, a jackass. But that was horrifying.
1: Oh my god!
0: Yeah, nightmare. Yeah, that was really nightmarish. Yeah, libraries are scary. Grocery oh. stores are scarier because they have bread <laughs> slicers.
1: <laughs> I'm never going anywhere
0: ever again. <laughs> I think that's the theme, right? Don't yeah. go anywhere.
1: Play Bloodborne.
0: <laughs> Play blood. So Bloodborne <laughs> Don't is go anywhere. a game. Play Bloodborne where you collect chunks of blood. <laughs> yeah.
1: How did oh, you feel? I love it so much?
0: Okay, I do want to say that all the upgrade systems in Bloodborne are so fun
1: it is it's satisfying, speaking yeah. of like the dopamine, like every time I got like an upgrade for a weapon, I was like, "Yes, and then it <laughs> <laughs> it makes you keep playing, obviously. Yeah. These people know how to make video <laughs> games, <laughs> uh but yeah, yeah, it's super fun, and yeah. it's just the way it ties in with the overall aesthetic. Yeah, and the the themes—it's just, it's just really top notch.
0: Yeah, I agree. Well, and I think too, like one thing that you'll hear a lot of people say if you like look at the internet surrounding <laughs> these games, which I do not recommend. Yeah. All, don't look at the internet. Don't look at
1: Reddit. Just don't look at the internet.
0: Yeah, don't look at it. Um, one thing a lot of people say is that like the upgrades and the changes in armor and equipment in this game, like don't or in any of these games, are not important, and that the important. I've th- heard that.
1: It's no not true. bullshit. It's That's bullshit. such bullshit.
0: But it's especially bullshit in this game because they give you so many options and like ways to upgrade your character, like, yeah. and they all are like satisfying, you know, because that is something that like in Dark Souls it is closer to that it doesn't matter thing, because there's like an encumbrance system. So oh yeah, a lot of times like if you want to have a good dodge, you actually do need to wear lighter armor yeah. or like, you know. Some of the biggest things that might make a change for you are actually rings, but those have like pretty subtle effects. Where it's like, oh, now you don't get slowed down in water, yeah. Or something. And it's like that's Witcher not-
1: is kind of like that. I don't think to that degree. Yeah. But that's the only game I've played that I can compare.
0: Yeah. Um, I just don't think yeah. that's super satisfying. Whereas, like in yeah. Bloodborne, it's like when you unlock. I totally agree. Yeah, when you unlock the thing that lets you do the runes. Yeah. Like. I remember like Game before changer. that, yeah, I was like, I'm kind of weak. And then after that, I was like, I can one hit people. <laughs> and like, that was crazy.
1: Yes. And like the resistance stuff, because um, frenzy becomes like a big thing for some bosses. Like, speaking of the DLC, I got to this part. This is a part I kind of just stopped playing. Yeah. Uh, I walked into a room and my frenzy gauge shot up to like 100% instantly. And I was wearing some good armor. I was like, what the fuck? And then if I hadn't had, like, a certain amount of HPA, I would have just died instantly. Yeah. It was crazy.
0: Yeah, the frenzy damage thing is kind of, like, I think that's the one big piece of from soft bullshit in this game because like so there's a there's a status effect called frenzy that's basically just like a madness thing and if it fills up all the way and you don't have enough health your head will just explode (laughs) and so like the first time goes everywhere the first time you encounter it the first time i encountered it i think was in uh the place with all the werewolves and there's like a guy far away that shoots frenzy damage at you.
1: Oh, the Nightmare Frontier. Yeah,
0: the Nightmare Frontier. And so I just walk. God, I was I hate like, that place. Yeah, I spawned at the lamp and like walked forward 10 paces, like do 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 do. Head explodes. <laughs> and That's like,
1: the, the, the light shining, right? Yeah that comes out.
0: But it's it's such a weird thing cuz it's like really abstract. It's like yeah, and that one it's like a lighthouse basically type <laughs> like a Totally. And it like when the light shines on you, you go crazy, but like the yeah. first couple times it happens, it happens so fast that I did I thought I was getting it from all the werewolves cuz like werewolves.
1: Yeah, but right? it attacks Am them right? too, doesn't it? I uh, think they get maybe I'm crazy.
0: No, I think you're right cuz they'll attack each other.
1: Um then like little eels come out of them if you don't use a fire weapon like another subtlety like if you use a weapon equipped with fire it instantly kills it but if you don't little (laughs) demon eels come out and they wriggle and kill you
0: (laughs) yeah and Dude, I think like bad memories, bad, bad <laughs> memories, and I think the DLC gets more into that type of gameplay. That's I love like, it. dude. Well, you know, you might really like Dark Souls, actually.
1: I probably will. I I gotta do it. I'm gonna do it.
0: If you wait long enough, they'll do some sort of psycho HD remaster that oh I'm God. sure will be awesome. When I get
1: a PS Five in five years.
0: Yeah, because that's the one thing about Dark Souls that I don't think you would like is
1: that it's ugly. Yeah, that's why I didn't spoiler alert, I don't like Demon Souls. Yeah. Because when I saw it, someone showed it to me on a PS3 and I was like, this is like shit.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But Yeah.
1: No offense. I'm sure it's great. Someone showed me the PS5 remaster. It looked dope. Yeah. Oh, Oh Donut. (laughs) Donut just toppled over.
0: Donut is making a cameo. Sweet little
1: baby. Um,
0: Where is he going?
1: He's just playing his own game donut souls (laughs) can we (laughs) donut souls um Um, can we go back to the frenzy for a minute yeah because this is also uh i can't just praise something and not critique it for sure there's got to be something right so for me (laughs) it's the frenzy mixed with the beast mode like uh or whatever they call it yeah just beast i think or something
0: i basically not used it at all
1: i was like okay so do you like transform into a werewolf like what is going on like i think that was the one thing about the game with all the lore and all the imagery they're giving you that i was like i just want this one thing like i want to be able to transform because you can transform quote unquote mm-hmm. but it's really nothing like you just uh you just get more powerful but you also lose defense yeah Um, But there's no, like, physical transformation. And I think I really... Because you can get the Beast Claws, which um, then use, like, arcane magic or whatever to attack people. But I'm like, ah, just... Eh." (laughs) Like, I remember Googling, like, do you transform into a (laughs) werewolf (laughs) at the beginning of the game? Because I was like, what is this? And it was never really um, fully explained, I think.
0: Yeah, that whole side of it is, like, a little bit undercooked um and there's even like i don't know there's really interesting stuff with like different factions like there are basically vampires and there are definitely werewolves oh yeah the
1: vampires i forgot i,
0: mean, <laughs> I
1: forgot about cainhurst yeah talk about a nightmare
0: yeah i only giant
1: fleas with six legs yeah do fleas have six legs already
0: <laughs> <laughs> i think so
1: flea ladies
0: the flea, ladies. flea people they're horrible yeah
1: that okay so pro tip anybody who's psychotic like me and is gonna do the game by themselves just grind on that level for like a million years and get all the blood echoes that's how i did it
0: yeah (laughs) i had to
1: go back and like replay things over and over until i would like level up yeah which again obsessive
0: but that's that's something that i think is cool about this game that moves it more towards being like a classic JRPG is that it gives you good pacing and good areas like where you can grind. Because yeah. like the so the structure of like a classic JRPG area is like you go in, the area is usually not too hard. Like there may be higher level enemies and later areas and things like that, but you can get through it. Like you're yeah. usually not gonna die before you get to the boss. Then you get to the boss, the boss kills you yeah and so if you get stuck on the boss you can go and grind the area and do that kind of shit i think in dark souls that's something that i couldn't really get into because i thought a lot of the areas were just too frustrating and too like filled with traps and stuff right but bloodborne is a lot easier to navigate the areas and like even cane is tough like you can easily die and like it's oh yeah it's full of like traps and archers and like classic, just from Soft bullshit. But, like, it was just so much more manageable than, than I expected. So I was actually able to go there and, like, grind and level up and then just get a friend to come help me with the boss. Yeah. And that's, like, I don't know, like, I played a lot of JRPGs when I was a kid. And that was kind of the last time I played them. Like, I haven't really returned to the genre at all except for to replay Final Fantasy VII and Chrono Trigger and mostly just replaying like once a year i gotta replay chrono trigger because it's the best game ever but like yeah i don't know like i i have some things that i really liked about playing jrpgs it's usually just like mindlessly like grinding and increasing your character shit and then like um like having a friend come help you with the boss. Yeah. Like it'd be like I call my friend Colin and be like, "Come over," <laughs> and he bring like the nice Final Fantasy seven strategy guide, not the shitty one. Oh wow. And then it'd be like, "Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna beat this boss," and that's like you can do that in Bloodborne. Like the areas are more fun to just maneuver through and and grind and hang out in, and you can call a friend to help. Yeah. Which is like, so or a cool. Stranger. Or a stranger.
1: And then they could potentially kill you.
0: The strangers. Kind of sucked them.
1: <laughs> I had a stranger, <laughs> little story here. Asked them to come help me with the boss, and they just like didn't. They showed up. <laughs> I went into the boss area, and they never joined me. And I somehow beat the boss on my own anyway. This is after like. 12 times 10 whatever I keep saying 12 yeah when I describe dying but I always say 15 it's a lot (laughs) I died a lot and then this one time where I finally am able to summon a stranger and they just didn't join and I beat them anyway maybe it was like some psychological bullshit but yeah I was just like what the fuck man (laughs) (laughs) I waste my insight on you yeah
0: well okay so this game is a really interesting hybrid of an offline and an online game Which is not something that I understood when I first tried this series, because I was just not playing online games at all. Yeah, same. And because of COVID, now I like playing online games with friends, and so this game is really awesome for that. Yeah, that's why
1: I got, yep, I got online because of COVID.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it was just like, I don't know, I really like the way this game does it. Like, it's not perfect, it's pretty janky, Yeah, it's limited, so like you have to use an item to summon people, which sucks, Mm -hmm. but... Uh, and it's also like some areas are locked out um, of summoning people and it's like only for the boss yep. but I think like all the later areas in the game you can summon at any time um, and like all the bosses you can summon and that's actually really really fun mm-hmm. and it's even fun because like you can either summon random people like you're saying or you can match up like with a friend and it's just like kind of fun and it makes you feel better about the game honestly because yeah. like I remember before I started summoning people, I was like, "God, I suck at this game. I suck this game so much." And I started summoning randos, and they would all just like die right away. And I was like, "Okay, maybe I'm actually a lot better at this game (laughs) than I think." What happened
1: when we go (laughs) on michael Yeah. Okay, here's the thing though too. When you get summoned into someone else's world, you get. scaled down Uh and like as a person this happened to my other friend who i called in and they died (laughs) instantly Yeah. every time i summoned them because you're so used to having a certain amount of health yeah and power yeah and then that's just kind of gone and so there's these things that you kind of leaned on for so long that are yeah disappeared and you're like oh i have to like strategize
0: i actually have to play the game (laughs) i
1: have to like try
0: yeah no that's true i noticed that even with like late game like going to some areas and there were like enemies from earlier in the game that i could like kill in two hits now but then because of that like sometimes i would just randomly get killed by them because i wouldn't totally. be paying attention yeah i was like oh i should dodge that shouldn't i because <laughs> you can still one shot me even though i can one shot you yeah which is pretty interesting but yeah all most i think dude i summoned a lot of randos because i got stuck at the spider bus oh god time.
1: that was hard
0: yeah uh Rom. Rom. The
1: vacuous spider.
0: <laughs> yeah. Rom the vacuous spider.
1: <laughs> what does uh, that even mean? Dude. I uh, just pictured a vacuum because I'm a simple <laughs> man.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Rom the vacuum spider.
1: <laughs> He's gonna suck you up.
0: <laughs> Spit you out. That I, I summoned. I mean, shout out to my friend Michael for uh nice. helping me with that and with uh Martyr Lagarius in Kanehurst. Oh. We did both of those in the Good same job, day. Michael. Yeah actually that was really funny we mostly just ended up chatting like we weren't even playing the game we were just standing outside the boss store like chatting and then we went and <laughs> like beat both bosses in like two minutes <laughs> um but uh, on ROM I summoned a lot of randos and uh it was just really funny because I got really close to beating it but all the randos kept dying before the final <laughs> form and it was like I literally just need you to distract enemies and to stay alive and yeah. they would just die right away immediately yep. um but that did have a nose yeah with the Michael Lash the crazy the craziest <laughs> boss in the game
1: can we talk about that section yeah like what you described it as the incel part of the game
0: yeah is so, that okay yes okay so there's a whole <laughs> chunk of the hilarious. game yes there's a whole chunk of the game that I am convinced is an essay about incelism <laughs> um and i think it's like a parody of incelism no one can change my mind about this but so i can't
1: it, unsee it now. yeah
0: yeah so you're in a place that's called the nightmare of
1: mensis, Men- <laughs> mensis which is very close
0: to the nightmare of men's <laughs> which is how i imagine an incel is like terrified of women would describe like it's a nightmare that women bleed Like once a month. What if
1: that's the whole point of the game? Bloodborne. Oh (laughs) my
0: god. Oh no. Oh, blood chunks. uh, Bloodborne. (laughs) Blood shards. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Fuck. Game ruined. Blood (laughs) (laughs) shards. No more game. Can't play game. But so in the, night, in the Nightmare of Menzies, you meet a man named Mikolash who who kind of, uh, he has an annoying little voice and he doesn't shut the fuck up.
1: Cause, cause.
0: He says random shit. Like, yeah, like him cause going him. like, cause or cause him. It's the same as someone being like, GG no re. I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> fuck you. This isn't Counter-Strike. Shut the fuck up. But also, uh, he moans erotically. <laughs>
1: Which, in co-op, th- I could not hear, which I was which very upset. So
0: <laughs> yeah, and then I had to just do an imitation <laughs> You had to it.
1: relay it to me.
0: <laughs> but it was like, we did that boss. Okay, so that boss is really <laughs> weird, too. See, another thing, if you want to really get into the symbolism of why is about intels. <laughs> that boss, instead of being a normal straight-ahead boss encounter, it's like a maze, and he runs you around the maze, and it's full of enemies. And so you're running through these little, like narrow hallways and trying to dodge obstacles until you can get into a fight with him but even then you have to do it twice and it's he's always trying to be like really indirect and he's like trying to like not engage you um but then you have to like force him to engage you so it's like very like you're like wandering the mind of the incel where it's these like
1: they're trapped in their own bullshit
0: <laughs> yeah and it's it's a maze and you can get lost and
1: oh man yeah
0: it's dark and then like you get into a fight with him and you have to get close to him to win but he's trying to always keep you far away oh my god and it took me forever holy shit it took me forever because it's really hard but then i figured out that the trick to the second i could always get to the last form and then i couldn't do it um yeah. And you kept getting one-shotted by skeletons (laughs) because there are skeletons that can one-shot you, which sucks. That was cool. (laughs) Yeah. And he can also one-shot you, which sucks. But then in the last form, I figured out that if you just roll up to him and you just stay right next to him and you keep hitting him, you keep stunning him with the gun and then just getting hits in, like, you can do it in, like, 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. He can't
1: use his star shower. Yeah. His cosmic (laughs)
0: horror. His cosmic horror magic. Yeah. That he reads from a book,
1: Cossum.
0: like a nerd. <laughs> See,
1: Coss.
0: <laughs> Coss. and he's wearing Coss. this
1: cage on his head, which yeah. is the best part.
0: Yeah, trapped in his own thoughts.
1: Oh man. Yeah. And there's all. Oh. He's in
0: hey. incel.
1: Yeah, and then when you get to the the wet nurse, Margot's wet nurse. Yeah. And there's all these corpses with cages on their heads, like lining the corridor leading to the bosses, mm-hmm. like final form
0: turns out he hates his mom but that was a <laughs> that was also a fun experience because i had what you're talking about where it's like i was like i can't do this alone this is so frustrating and then it's kinda, really hard. Yeah, doing you it alone. just did it yeah i
1: died and then you you were like "Well, oh, i killed him <laughs> <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's
0: super yet? unique that's not something that is like a normal boss
1: dude exactly and uh just all over the place like that area has like these kind of uh what do you call them? like automaton yeah creatures um it's just stuff that is so unexpected like the wet nurse thing and like there's a baby crying the whole time until you beat the final boss
0: uh-huh creepy toy music toy piano and, music
1: oh yeah that thing too there's like no music except this like weird like music box yeah twinkling sound and it's just so fucking creepy Yeah. Uh, And then, yeah, so, like, there's a part in that area, though, I don't know if you saw it, it's, like, more alien shit, the brain suckers. Mm -hmm. Did you go down to that area? Yeah, yep. Did you meet the brain in the dark room? Yes. You did? Yeah. And you did the yeah cool (laughs) so nobody knows what i'm talking about (laughs) you did the yeah uh what's it make contact yeah because that's another part of the game where you can learn gestures and there's this creepy part like halfway through the game where there's all these people just standing and making this like when you did the junchi ito episode i think i brought this up yeah when i talked to you after of like the j-horror trope of just taking a normal thing and making it creepy like (laughs) just a t pose or whatever just people standing around Uh and that's kind of what it was and they're making this weird gesture with one hand in the air and one off to the side and they're just not moving yeah and you learn the gesture and you're like huh what is this for and then you just randomly meet a fucking giant brain alien brain in the basement Mm -hmm. there's no sound right there's like a heartbeat yeah the closer you get to it yeah. ah this is the shit I love yeah and then there's a fucking brain and you do the make contact gesture and then it, what does it give you a rune or something yeah like what the it's fuck it's there to be
0: weird and <laughs> it's cool. So cool yeah I love it well and that's, that's something too I think is interesting about this game is that like it's willing to do really wacky shit and break its own sort of like aesthetic or break its own like stance just to like do something impactful yeah so like even when you get that emote which is also weird and creepy and it's like it looks like you're (laughs) turn your arms into an antenna or something and like when you get that um it feels religious
1: to me too oh
0: for sure you're in a chapel yeah yeah. and you're in like a room in a chapel and the the thing that you get it from is like a dead body that looks (laughs) fucking weird yeah like it looks like it's been holding that pose for a hundred years and <laughs> yeah. it's like decomposing it looks like a Jinjito drawing it doesn't look like
1: totally the
0: game's character design it's really weird and out of place and like when I got that I just stood there like <laughs> staring at the thing like up close cause I was like
1: what the hell yeah like, what
0: the fuck and yeah it's the same with the brain thing like I think that's one thing about these games where I think sometimes yeah they kind of get too into their own thing and I yeah. like that Bloodborne will actually break its own rules to do something interesting. Like, that's what's so cool about the insight system, the first time you start seeing things. As you're just like, oh, like, yeah. there's another layer to this world that is weird and esoteric and that I don't understand. Um, but I also feel that way about, like, the music and sound in the game. Where it's like, so these games famously don't really have music except for boss fights. Mm-hmm. But... I think, like, in Dark Souls, I don't think the music is good. It's just kind of, like, generic, like, fantasy, like, whatever. Like, the interesting thing is that there's so little sound, and it's all these, like, really great sound effects and sound design. That's not music. Mm -hmm. But Bloodborne likes to fuck with that. So, like, yeah, like, in that Wet Nurse fight, it's this creepy music and a baby crying, which is, like, what the hell? (sighs) Uh, Or, like, in the area not far before that... um, I think that's the place where you actually get that emo. That's maybe the Undead Chapel, I can't remember. But like uh there's just this like quiet singing the whole time.
1: Yeah. And
0: there's all these references to a choir and items yep. that reference like a choir. Or no, that's in the upper cathedral ward, I think. Yep, upper yeah.
1: cathedral ward.
0: Yeah, so like in that part there's like this quiet, very subtle use of music to set the stage and set the environment and it's like that's cool. Yeah. That's what I like. You know, if a game is not gonna have music. Whereas like if yeah. now I'm I'm playing Dark Souls three now and like there is some funny music in Dark Souls. <laughs> there is some straight up Rugrats shit in Dark Souls three. <laughs> where it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not. I don't think the music is bad. I just think it's kind of like there. But then there are certain moments where wow. it's like, excuse me,
1: <laughs> dude. It's Chucky comes out. Yeah, giant Chucky.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really, really good use of music and and sound and just yeah weird horror shit. I mean, it Bloodborne also like it's a horror game, it's scary.
1: It is fucking scary.
0: There's so many times when I got like spooked.
1: Dude, when I first started playing it, total another tangent. Go on it. I wore headphones because I was living with someone at the time, and they're like, "No video games. I don't want to <laughs> hear it." Which like I don't play them. It's It's kind of creepy to hear that shit when you're Uh not playing the game. (laughs) So I wear headphones, which makes it even scarier because I can hear all the little subtle things that are happening, like uh, Chalice Dungeons, I think, were the scariest for me because I would always hear the skeletons moaning in the background where they're like... (laughs) <laughs> when I like, like, started uh, at work when I worked at a restaurant. I, I would start making those noises when I get stressed out. <laughs> Little skeleton noises. <laughs> like, don't pay attention to me. I'm just playing a lot of Bloodborne. It's fine. Dude,
0: the chalice dungeons, uh, we didn't talk about it. Yeah, all, we haven't touched on that that's yet. That's a great addition to the game. Totally. Like, it's basically just these pseudo, not really, but pseudo randomly generated dungeons that you use items in the game to make and then they're just like things you can go and grind um and you can do them with friends you can always summon people to do them or randos i guess but they let you like farm items they let you farm a little bit of insight like
1: you can also get like special items like that's where Mm -hmm. i got uh the uncanny axe yeah which all i figured out was that it has different gem slots than the regular one
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but yeah cool shit
0: Well, I think that's super important because in Dark Souls, I think you have that problem of feeling like you're stuck, whereas in Bloodborne, you're literally never stuck. Like, there is always somewhere else to go. Totally. Which, even, like, if you're stuck... Like, at one point, I was stuck on the spider and the boss of Canehurst, and... (laughs) while i was waiting for people to be able to jump in and play with me i was just like i'm just gonna go do Chalice dungeons Dope. so i did like two or three and then suddenly i was like way higher level and had all this shit and was like oh yeah like I, I think that's one thing with these games like a really fine line that they tread is like if you make it too off-putting the player is going to just feel like they can't play the game yeah. And so Bloodborne does a really good job of being just as difficult, maybe even more difficult than a lot of the other games in the series, but just giving you so many options. making You feel like you always have something to do and so you're not stuck.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. the There's one monster in there that you don't see anywhere else. I mean, I mean, there's a lot, I think, that you don't see. Like the skeletons, I feel like you don't see outside of there. I might be wrong.
0: Yeah, there's some. Yeah, I think you're right.
1: Um, But there's this one, like, super fast character with, like, the dark black hair kind of, like, ring vibes, ring you vibes. (laughs) Yeah,
0: for sure. Uh,
1: Who rushes at you. That is, like, stuff of nightmares for me. Like, as soon as you walk in the room and she's just, like, there's swords and it's terrifying. Yeah. Always gets my heart pumping. Yeah,
0: that shit is so scary. Yeah, and there's even just places where you walk into and you're like, oh, this is not right. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels bad, man. And, like, yeah, just, dude, the beginning, the first section with like the hunt going on, it's just such yeah. good, like, scene setting. You're just like, Ugh. I'm in a horror movie. Yeah. I'm in the Wicker Man, basically.
1: Yeah, I was like, I have no idea what's going on, but I want to know. <laughs> like, it. I need yeah. to understand.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, that, that shit is so good. I will say about one note about the sound design. There was one time when I was playing it and Monica was like, in the room. And then at one point she just randomly got up and like left, like kind of walking, like very purposefully. <laughs> and I was like, what just happened? So like, uh, like 10 minutes later, I went and I was like, hey, what's up? Are you okay? And she's like, Yeah, sorry. Sometimes the sounds in those games are just really scary. And I had to <laughs> I had to leave because I got scared. Uh, and I was like, No. Yeah, I totally get that. It's scary. Yeah. <laughs> Things are just moaning and yelling and clanking and but i I like i like it i think it it makes it feel really alive in a very fucked up way
1: yeah the sound design is great yeah it's very immersive
0: in the Um, dlc all the hunters are yelling at you and shit
1: oh my Ah. god (laughs) 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 cause calls! oh god um yep yeah it's good shit